It's a day that ends in Y, which means there is naturally chaos in the NBA. Steve Nash, Outski in Brooklyn. As a team that's in the Eastern Conference, that does relate to the Milwaukee Bucks. So I want to talk about the continuity of this Milwaukee Bucks team. We also got an update on Chris Middleton. When is he going to return to this team? And what about Bobby Porter, sixth man of the year? We haven't discussed it for a while, but he's had a massive start to the season. Let's talk about all that today on Locked On Bucks. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. That's BetOnline where the game starts and uh, naturally as I do every day I want to thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day. We are rolling in the 2022-23 NBA season. Subscriptions are going through the roof. I told you, I never used to do this. That uh, Probably a bad host. But if you haven't subscribed or followed on your audio platform or specifically on YouTube, we're trying to get the subscriptions there and they are going up at a rate of knots. We're on the road to 5K subscriptions. I want to get there by, uh, let's say Thanksgiving, a couple of weeks. So it shouldn't be too far away. But the conversation is great. People are jumping on YouTube. You can get involved. I'm putting polls up there uh, on the YouTube page. There's plenty of stuff uh, to get interactive with there. And basically, I'm asking you guys, what do you want on the show? Are there guests that I could potentially bring on? Uh, so it's all about uh, the listeners telling me what they want for this show. I mentioned there's chaos in the NBA. Uh, that's not exactly a huge shock. We see chaos all the time in this league. Steve Nash is gone. Maybe not a huge surprise. I think there were certainly some people that saw this coming over the last week or so, perhaps all the way back to the offseason when it was suggested that maybe some of the players didn't want Steve Nash to be head coach. Uh, wild situation. If Frank Madden ever wants me not on this podcast, he just needs to tell me. And I'll, I'll walk. I'm not going to hang on. I'm not going to hang on. So, Frank, if you're listening, if you want me gone, you just say the word. We did get an update on Chris Middleton today, though, and this is noteworthy because we don't always get the frequent injury updates with Bucks players that have health concerns. And I woke up over here in Australia, and you see the tweet, Chris Middleton and Marjon Beauchamp have been assigned to the Wisconsin Herd. Uh, this is something that we've seen certainly become more prominent as years have gone on, as the last few years have gone on. We've seen that teams have been able to use their affiliate uh, to get guys practice. So this was purely for practice. Chris Middleton and Marjan Beauchamp just uh, go into the Wisconsin herd for a practice. So it can be easily confused. You see Middleton go into the herd. You might think that he's going to play, but no, uh, this is just a, a gap in the schedule for the Bucs to be able to get Chris Middleton some practice time. Sometimes I think it's it's not known. And I I mean, obviously it's not known if you're not there uh, at practice, and I've been fortunate enough for a couple of seasons prior to the pandemic when I was living in Milwaukee 
to go to Bucks practice every time they were there. But the one thing that you learn, and the one thing that I certainly learned, is how little these guys practice in the middle of an NBA schedule, 82 games on the road all the time. So the Bucks didn't practice today. They didn't have to show up to the facility. Uh, tomorrow before the game, there's going to be no shoot around. And this is just life in the NBA regular season. These guys rarely get to practice because they want to take as much time as they can uh, to rest, to recuperate, and keep their bodies in good shape. But if you're Chris Middleton and you're trying to get back, and remember, it was only a couple of weeks ago where Chris was on the broadcast of a game, ESPN, I think it was the season opener, and he said, yeah, I only just started taking shots today. I only just started ball handling drills. So he is really in the, in the early stages of getting back. I think that this is a good sign, though, because if they're sending him to the herd to practice, I assume, and this is just an assumption, but I assume that they're not sending him to the G League team, to Oshkosh, to just get up shots in an empty gym because he would just do that in Milwaukee. So this might be an indication that he is starting to progress into contract contact drills, which means that his return is close. Now, I had a YouTube uh, subscriber, I hope a subscriber, ask me uh, the other day, what's the update on Middleton? And I said, well, I've just been piecing together the breadcrumbs, which we know are sometimes few and far between. And originally, even going back to the preseason, I kind of thought that middle of November seemed about right based on what we were hearing. Now, that's coming up really quickly. But if he is progressing to the idea where he can do contact stuff, perhaps scrimmage a little bit, whether it's one-on-one, three-on-three, five-on-five, maybe you know two weeks-ish doesn't seem totally unrealistic. I certainly understand and acknowledge that they're not going to rush uh, Chris Middleton back to this team. But I think this is a great development and an exciting one. The Bucs need Chris Middleton back in the lineup. Of course, they are 6-0. and But as I'm about to get into here, the offensive numbers have not been pretty for this team. The other player, Marjan Bochamp, gets down. He gets some practice in. So I know there's been some level of frustration that he hasn't been able to get the minutes that some Bucs fans would have loved to have seen from him over this last little period with so many guys out of the lineup. Jordan War has been the guy that's been soaking up the bulk of the minutes on the wing. As we've discussed on this show, I don't think to this point Jordan War has done anything to really lock down future opportunities. Uh, but for now, he's ahead of Marjan Bochamp. So yeah, we'll see whether anything opens up as the season goes on. Uh, yeah, Marjan hasn't really had the opportunity in a game to do anything uh, special of late. He hit that three a couple of nights ago uh, against Atlanta. But yeah, it's a, I think I understand. Everyone's excited to see him play. But I think there also is and was a realistic expectation entering these first weeks of the season that he was probably going to start behind Jordan Wara. We don't know what the future is of Jordan Wara in Milwaukee. We know it took a long time for him to sign that contract uh, entering into the season and take that final roster spot. So we'll see uh, what the future holds there. But for now, at least, I was pumped to see Chris Middleton assigned to the Wisconsin herd and probably still a few weeks away, but nonetheless, uh, it's exciting. But I want to get into the offensive numbers because uh, you know that the Bucks need Chris Middleton, particularly in the half court. And some of the numbers are straight up ugly right now. And then I want to talk about the continuity of the Bucs and why they're playing so well. And then Bobby Porter, sixth man of the year. So we've got plenty to get to on this show. But first, I want to talk about Bet Online, which is your number one source for betting on uh, basketball, football, 
and everything else uh, sports-related here. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for sports wagering information, including NBA championship odds. I got these sent through to me today. So as far as what I'm looking at here at BetOnline.net, the Milwaukee Bucks are now your NBA championship favorites. They're just ahead of the Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors. And then there's a bit of a dip to the Los Angeles Clippers there. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are a team that's come in 14 to 1 at the start of the season. They're into 10 to 1. They've obviously had an impressive start uh, out there in Phoenix. But the Bucks, as expected, they haven't stepped a foot wrong so far this season and uh, continue to win. And we hope the winning streak will continue to roll on. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. Uh, once you're done with Locked On Bucks, and of course, Locked On Bucks is your first listen of every single day, but once you're done, lock, Locked On Sports Today as you covered with everything else going on around the sporting world, and I imagine they will be talking about the Brooklyn Nets on today's show. So uh, you wonder, with the Bucks 6-0, and where is the, the significant room for improvement? It's clearly on the offensive end at this point in time. They are missing their best perimeter player, their best perimeter scorer, uh, multi-time all-star Chris Middleton. So currently the Bucs have the number one ranked defense in the league. We've discussed it a lot, particularly with the way that they're guarding the three-point shot. But on offense, it has been a little bit of a battle. They rank 17th currently with an offensive rating of 112.5. Uh, that's low for the Bucks. Even in previous years, where maybe they haven't fired on all cylinders, that is a low number um, for Milwaukee. Now, it is only early in the season. The numbers can bounce around uh, significantly if you have one or two good nights in a row. So it's not total panic stations, but it is worth noting. We saw last year in the postseason, and I've been pretty vocal about it. There's been big-time discussions about you know the way that the Bucks defended the Boston Celtics and perhaps what happened with Grant Williams in Game 7 was a big reason or part of the reason why the Bucks have decided to tweak the three-point defense. I'm not going to deny that. That would make perfect sense to me. But ultimately, that was a series where what they did on the defensive end and the numbers that they held Boston to across the course of the series, it was a 97 defensive rating. You would like to think that you can win. And Giannis did it all, as we know. He was absolutely unbelievable across that entire series, but they weren't able to hit threes. And ultimately, they weren't able to create and generate offense in the half court. Now, that has carried through to this season. And I've been someone that sat back and said, well, if you had Chris Middleton, you'd probably win that series. I don't think that you can realistically expect Milwaukee to beat true contenders in the Eastern Conference if if Drew Holiday's missing. I feel the same way about Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez would be a, an unbelievable mountain to climb as well. They might not be able to beat contenders without Brooke Lopez. Hey, it's a big shock to everyone. If you don't have your best players, if you're not healthy towards the back end of the season, it's going to be hard to win a title. I know. I'm not you know, breaking any type of news here. But to start the season in the half court, Milwaukee are putting up 94.3 points per 100 possessions. These numbers via cleaning the glass. That's 20th in the league. It's down from last year. Across the entire regular season last year, they were at about 99 points per 100 possessions, which still isn't great. So 
it's not like Milwaukee is a, is a half-court juggernaut, juggernaut regardless. But if you take out Chris Middleton, the best shooter on the team, the guy, really the only guy that can that can create his own shot, Giannis creates his own shots in his own way. But I'm talking straight up, isolation, perimeter, attack a switch, attack a big man, back to the basket, mid-range shooting. Chris Middleton's the guy on this team. As we've seen over the last couple of years, Drew Holiday has been remarkably consistent with his step-back jump shots during the regular season. But from time to time, he can be a little bit streaky, which is fine. He brings so much more to the table elsewhere, but the Bucs are missing Chris Middleton offensively. So it won't be a surprise to anyone that the Bucs are shooting 70.8% at the rim. That's number one in the league. So the Bucs are still able to get into the paint. Obviously, Giannis is a humongous part of that. Also, the gravity that Giannis creates when he has the ball in hand, the dunker spot has been an area where the Bucs have been able to exploit the opposition Frank and Eric, hashtag dunker spot George Hill. But Brooke Lopez has been doing work down there. Drew Holiday generally gets to his spot, even though he struggled a little bit to finish. But ultimately, the Bucs are still a team that can score uh, at the rim. And they have been consistently for a number of years. In the mid-range, they're shooting 33.1%, which ranks 29th across the league. And from the three-point line, they're shooting 33.5%, which is 26th from the league. So... Anytime they get stuck in the half court right now, so far this season, they've been bottom, a bottom third team. So even though they're 6-0, they've done that despite the fact that the offense is not clicking. I, I think that Chris Middleton's going to help that. People will point to coaching and they'll say, well, the Bucs aren't running any offense. I would push back on that. I think we've seen some interesting stuff. We've seen the Bucs try and use... Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis in pick and rolls. We've seen Bobby Portis having more uh, touches in different areas. And sometimes they've just said, hey, Bobby, we just need a bucket. Giannis is missing his favorite pick and roll partner in Chris Milton, which not only creates offense for Giannis, but it creates a ton of open threes. Albeit the Bucs haven't been able to knock them down yet. So I, I think that, you know, moving forward, there is obviously going to be Still a question mark over the overall outside shooting of this team. You bring back Chris Milton, you bring back Pat Connaughton, hopefully at some point you bring in Joe Ingles as well. You feel like that helps. But I don't think that there's any Bucks fans out there that are going to enter this year's postseason and feel 100% confident that all of a sudden the shots are going to be knocked down because historically we haven't seen it. So I think this Bucks team is great. I think this Bucks team has every right to be the NBA title favorite right now. I think they're going to be there at the pointy end of the season, health pending. But yeah, the offense is going to continue to be a question mark um, because it has been uh, for a number of years. Uh, so we will see. But as I pointed at the top, we hope Chris Milton uh, is back here pretty soon. But the idea of continuity for this Bucks team is interesting because as I've thought about it the last few days, and we discussed this a lot and credit to our listeners, by the way, there was a lot of our listeners that said, I think you guys are pessimistic. You, you, you're talking down the Bucks chances. We did an over and under pod for those that missed it prior to the season. I took the over on wins. I said, the Bucks are going to get at least 53 wins this season. So I don't think the overall vibe, was pessimistic about this what the, about what this team could achieve but i was concerned basically because of the numbers i've just read out offensively 
that this team was going to have a slow start to the season because I thought they were going to struggle to figure it out on the offensive end. Now, technically, they kind of have. But I did not bank on Brooke Lopez being an absolute beast night in and night out on the defensive end. I didn't know how he was going to look based on what we saw last year with the back surgery. That's a significant procedure for a seven-footer entering his mid-30s. So I couldn't have predicted that he was going to look as great as he has. And I think that that, as much as anything, has been a significant reason why the Bucs are 6-0. But the other part is, you look around the other teams in the league, and basically every contender is working in new pieces. Maybe they have a new coach. They're working through the ups and downs that a lot of teams have early in the season. And the Bucs have had a home-heavy schedule, so that's worth noting as well. But I think that a big reason why their defense has been able to work flawlessly, basically, to start the season, even implementing a new idea of protecting the three-point line, is because these guys just know how to play each other. So when John Horst denied at the start of the season that the Bucs didn't just run it back, you know, I laughed about that because, of course, they ran it back. They brought back literally the exact same roster and added Joe Ingles, who isn't going to play for months. But the idea that running it back is a bad thing is false. It doesn't have to be bad. For this Bucks team, they won a championship two years ago. Last year, they learned some lessons. And they've tweaked things this year. They're not just coming back this season and saying, well, we've got the same guys Uh, We won the title a couple of years ago, so we'll be fine. Let's just cross our fingers and hope everyone's healthy. They've looked at what's happened in previous seasons. They've made tweaks. They've made adjustments. And remember, the last time that they made major adjustments was the 2021 regular season when they were up and down defensively all year long and it worked at the time when it really matters and they won a title. But I think it's easier to make adjustments and make tweaks when you've got Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, George Hill, Wesley Matthews, all these guys that have played major, major minutes together over a number of seasons, you just figure it out quicker than the opposition generally does early in the season. So I just wanted to acknowledge something that I overlooked in the preseason, that this team, they know how to play together. They've won a lot of games together. They've been in every situation you can possibly imagine together. And I think that we're seeing that early in the season. Yeah, the challenge will be when teams say, okay, this is what the Bucs are doing defensively. We haven't seen this in the last four years under a Mike Budenholzer defense. And they'll start to figure things out on their own end, whether it's new players, new systems. Teams will start to separate. The contenders will start to reveal themselves over the next 20 to 25 games. The Bucs will be on the road, as we've discussed. At the moment, they're taking advantage of a schedule that's been pretty friendly but they've done that through some adversity with players missing on this team. So you can only sit back and applaud what the Bucs have done so far this season to start 6-0, and and it puts them in a really good position to launch into the season as they start to integrate other players onto the roster. But hey, familiarity with this team certainly appears to help. And by the way, you know, having a superstar like Giannis uh, also is pretty damn important. All right, I want to talk about Bobby Porter, sixth man of the year next. And uh, also, what is going on in Brooklyn?
All right, so we'll start with the Nets. Steve Nash out in Brooklyn. I don't think this is a huge surprise. We've discussed the Brooklyn Nets on this podcast a lot because uh, they are, on paper, a team that should be contending against the Bucks with the personnel they have. But we understand it's a uh, there are some complexities uh, with this team. Kevin Durant wanted to trade out of there. Ben Simmons hasn't played for uh, you know over a year and, quite frankly, just does not look healthy. There was turmoil with Steve Nash over the offseason. Was he even going to return to this team? And then the Kyrie Irving situation, is he going to play? Uh, what's he going to say next? Uh, that's been a never-ending saga. Uh, and quite frankly, seems like a, a pretty difficult situation to be a part of if if you're the team trying to, to roll through here. The Nets continue to be a fascinating watch for me. If Ime Udoka comes in and takes the reins, it's a bit of a hard-ass coach. I think we've seen that from his time in Boston. There was conflict early. Are the personalities in this Brooklyn locker room going to be able to withstand that? I'm not 100% sure. But the Nets just continue to be a watch. And that's why the Bucs are the no-fuss team of this league. That's why they are an easy team to bet on to be a contender year in and year out because the personalities are so easy. Everyone gets along. They've played together for a number of years. And maybe they don't produce any drama which seems to be what the NBA thrives on. But I can tell you as someone that watches this team and just loves the game of basketball, it's a delight to watch this team play together. And it's also a delight to watch Bobby Portis play basketball. So uh, something that we've seen a number of times, people say, can Bobby Portis win six man of the year? It's difficult on a team like Milwaukee because your starters do the bulk of the heavy lifting when it comes to the offense. In fact, the Bucs have been a pretty low scoring second unit team historically, but Bobby last year came into the starting lineup, replaced Brooke Lopez, and was pretty much a walking double-double. Now, he's gone back to the bench this year, but nothing has changed. This man is a walking double-double. He's only playing 24 minutes per game so far, but he's putting up 13.3 points and 10.5 rebounds, so his production is absolutely through the roof. If you want to go to per 36 numbers right there, he's putting up 19 points and 15 rebounds per game, which had me thinking, if he goes through, the Bucs are the number one seed. They have a fantastic season. Could Bobby Portis actually be sixth man of the year for this team? So the only person I could compare it to, because you know, we have seen sixth man of the year over the years. I don't even can't even remember who won it last year. But you know, I think of guys like Jamal Crawford, uh, Lou Williams. These really microwave scorers. So you're like, okay, well, if you're a guy coming off the bench, can you average 18, 20 points per game? You don't see too many big men winning this award, but Montrez Harrell is one guy that I thought of. So this was in the 2019-20 season. He was with the Clippers. He put up 18 points and seven rebounds, but he played far more minutes. I mean, he was playing 28 to 29 minutes per game. So on a per 36 basis, Montrez is doing... A little bit more scoring, but Bobby's doing almost double the rebounding. And if you are on a team that finishes in the number one seed, where is the balance between looking at the raw numbers and then looking at uh, the success of the team and roll with the team? So I would say at this point, it's still a long shot that Bobby Portis can win six man of the year because I think elsewhere you'll see players like a Jordan Poole potentially average 
you know, 22, 23 points per game off the bench with Golden State. But even if Bobby Portis doesn't win sixth man of the year officially, he's a sixth man of the year in our hearts. Let's be honest. Bobby Portis, we all love him. And he's had an incredible start to the season. I put up a poll on the community section on the YouTube channel, which is just another reason why you need to subscribe to YouTube. And I asked the question and said, is Bobby, uh, which player, sorry, has been the most important non-buck so far this year? I had Brooke Lopez in there. I had, uh, obviously, Drew Holiday. And I had Bobby Portis. And Wesley Matthews in there. He had a game winner. I knew he wasn't going to get a lot of votes, but shout out to Wes. <laughs> Brooke Lopez won this poll by a mile. But there was some love for Bobby out there. Because I think that what he's doing for this team can be easily overlooked. But as I've mentioned, this team is struggling offensively and Bobby is a bucket, as we absolutely know. So, all right, plenty to get through on today's show. The Chris Middleton update, probably number one for me in terms of things that we need to look at uh, moving forward, things we need to worry about. But the Bucks are back at it tomorrow. You guessed it, the Detroit Pistons. Let's see if they can move to 7-0. and This would match their winning streak to start the season in 2018-19. Milwaukee, Detroit, 7 p.m. Central Time, Fireserve Forum. The homestand continues. Make sure you check out the Locked On Today, uh, Locked On Sports Today podcast, I should say, for all your sports news across the world after you're done with Locked On Bucks. Subscribe to YouTube, continue to support us, and continue to tell us what you want on this show. We'll be back after Bucks and Pistons tomorrow, hopefully with the winning streak still intact. We'll speak to you guys 